welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 20th of December 2009, entitled Peace on Earth, Part 1, and the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Father, we thank you this morning so much, Lord, for this, this time that you have allowed us to have together. We thank you for each one, Lord, that has taken part Lord, in the scripture readings and in the singing of the carols, Lord, the singing of the music, Lord, we just pray that you will have been honored and glorified by all that's taken place. Now, Lord, for these next few moments, we pray that, Lord, you would take thy unworthy servant and speak to each and every heart. You know the need of every heart here this morning, that need that is beyond man's comprehension and man's ability to do anything about. But Father, we pray earnestly that by the power of thy Spirit, Lord, you would meet the needs of each one. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Peace on earth. Verse 14 said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. Certainly as we look around us, we would most likely ask the question, well, where is this peace, this peace that was promised us by this multitude, this heavenly host at the birth of our Savior? Peace on earth? What about peace in just one nation, let alone amongst all the nations? What about peace in just one city upon this earth? One community? One family? What about peace simply within one individual? I don't know how many of you will recognize the words to the carol which we'll be singing shortly in the closing I heard the bells on Christmas Day. How many of you are familiar with that carol? The carol was written by a poet that most of you, especially if you've studied much literature and poetry, would recognize the name Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. The poem was actually written entitled Christmas Bells in 1863. Now, Longfellow sat down and wrote the poem, Christmas Bells, on Christmas Day in 1863 in the midst of the American Civil War taking place around him. When literally brothers were fighting against brothers, when families were fighting against their own family, we find that his own son, Charles Appleton Longfellow, had just recently suffered serious wounds as a soldier in the Battle of New Hope Church, Virginia. He had just recently suffered the great loss of his wife just two years prior to this in an accident that had taken place with a fire. And that was actually his second wife because he had lost his first wife through a miscarriage some years earlier. And as you read this man's journal, his despair 
in those years amidst all these events was recorded very clearly. And it was that Christmas day amidst all of this that he sat down and he wrote this, these words. He said, I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chance sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Now these next two verses are normally left out of most hymn books, but they followed. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound of carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then the last verse, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. You see, peace really can be a very hard thing to find sometimes amidst all of the circumstances, the problems, the difficulties that we go through in life. Wadsworth amidst his deep despair, that despair seemed to be pouring out from them, but in that last verse, he seemed to realize and recognize just where that peace could be found. You see, where and how do we find that peace today? Was the promise of those angels that were announcing the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ when he came to this earth, was their announcement true or not? They said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Was it real? Oh, yes. God's word cannot lie. And his promises are real. So we ask ourselves this morning, maybe as Henry Wadsworth Longfellow did, then where is that peace that was promised? Well, I want to give you one thought this morning. And then we'll come back this evening. I just want to tell you this morning about the peace that is promised to you. The peace 
that is promised to you. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. First of all, don't just take that as some kind of blanket, universal promise of peace to all mankind. There will be peace on this earth one day, but not while this earth is still under the curse of sin. That peace will only come when Jesus Christ himself comes to set up his kingdom. The peace that comes here as a result of our Lord Jesus Christ entering into this world, not when he came into existence, but when he left the portals of glory and took upon human flesh and he came to this world that you and I know. That peace that entered with him is one that as we look in the scripture, we find it is always hand in hand and inseparable with something else that is known as justification that can only come from him. Second of all, we're not talking here about just some nice, oozy feeling that you feel inside. This is something a peace that can be there regardless of how you feel, regardless of what the circumstances might be. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, the Word of God says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith, into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, this is not just some inner feeling, but it's a factual reality, regardless of what the feelings might be saying. As a sinner, every human being is an enemy of God. People say, well, I don't want to be an enemy of God. Folks, there is only two sides you can be aligned with. There is nowhere else. There's only two sides. As an unsaved, unbelieved, unbeliever, lost sinner, you're not only an enemy with God, but you're at war with God. But you know what? As a result, Brother Steve, of that thing called justification through Jesus Christ, you can be reconciled to God and you can be at peace with Him, the Word of God says here. You don't have to be His enemy. You don't have to be on the other side. Justification, being in a position that's just as if you'd never sinned at all. Notice the correlation between these two verses, the one in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, and what we read here in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. You see, both of these passages speak of the glory belonging to God. Both speak of this peace, and in fact, this peace that is brought to man is holy to God's glory. Notice also our text speaks of good will 
toward man. That's very important. The word used here for goodwill is always in speaking of a sovereign act of God Almighty himself towards mankind. Peace does not come because we are goodwilled toward God, toward each other, toward anyone. But because of God's goodwill toward us, it's his gift through grace. The peace that is promised is promised to those who have received God's good will, his good favor, his good grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Note here that the peace that is promised is a perfect peace. Nothing missing from it. We find that you can't get any more at peace with God than you are through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The peace, it should make a difference in our lives. It should have, have an effect on us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in our hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. The peace of God should be ruling in our hearts. You know what the word rule there really carries with it? The idea of a referee or an umpire, somebody that's calling the shots. Have you ever have you ever had your peace disturbed? Maybe because of something that happened or something that was said or something that you did? Well, just like out there on the sports field, that's where if the peace of God is the one that is that is ruling, you know what? It will stop you in your tracks right where you are to get it resolved before you carry on. Usually, it's us that have gotten out of God's will and in some way, He's warning us just like that referee would. It's like a caution. And there's something we need to do to correct before moving on. Our peace within, and the peace of God go together, friends. When we get something wrong that affects that peace, we need to do what is necessary to correct it right then. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, one of those great, great, great promises to the child of God that says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When that ref blows the whistle, if the peace of God is ruling in your heart, if he's the one that's calling the shots, well, thank God. You can go to God. You can sort out whatever it is. You see, God wants that perfect peace in your life. 
that perfect peace that we have in Christ. He wants it to be manifest in our lives continually. As a child of God, when you lose that peace within, you're not only going to become miserable, but you're going to make everybody around you miserable as well. <laughs> Believe me, that's no fun. <laughs> that's no fun. Not for anybody. When that early warning sign comes, we need to pay attention. We need to get things sorted right then. We need to let the peace of God rule in our heart and not ignore it when he speaks to us. A lot of things could be said further. But I want you to see this morning that the peace on earth that was announced by the angels, oh, it is real. It is a real peace. And it's a peace that came through Jesus Christ that nothing else nor anyone else in all the world could give you that puts you at peace with God. No longer his enemy, but reconciled and places the peace of God within your life that should rule in your heart. It's a perfect peace. It can be yours today, but it can only be found with that one that that message accompanied. God willing, this evening we'll not only look at this peace that is promised to you, but I want us to look at the power to provide that peace for you and the price that was paid for that peace and the proviso, the stipulation in order to possess that peace eternally in your life. And right amidst the worst circumstances that come in on you, you see, the message of Christmas really is. It's no wonder that so many of our carols sing about peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It is only through that one that came, knowing that he was coming to suffer and die for your sins. He came because he loved you. He came to pay the price. He came to ransom you that you can be reconciled, that you can be at peace with God and have the peace of God ruling in your life amidst whatever this world may throw your way. Father, we thank you today. Lord, that peace on earth, though we may not see it in a reality in the sinful world around us, it is something that can be real indeed in the lives and hearts of each believer only because that Jesus Christ was willing to come in the flesh, to die upon that cross, to shed his blood, to rise the third day, that even as we gather here today, that by putting our faith in his finished work, we can not only have life eternal, we can have a peace that passeth all understanding. Lord, I thank you for each one that is here today. Now, Father, we pray that you would work in the hearts of each individual. You know that there are those that are here that you love so much that you gave your life for, but they've never admitted their sinfulness. They've never sought that forgiveness that will come by your mercy because of what Jesus did for them. Father, I pray that you would simply work in their hearts today, that this 
may be the greatest Christmas they've ever experienced in their life because they experienced this peace that comes with Christ. And Father, I pray for each and every one of your children here today. Lord, there may be some that are going through particular troubles or difficulties or burdens or struggles at this time. But Father, may the peace, the peace that Jesus Christ brings, that perfect peace, may the peace of God rule in their lives. Lord, would you help them to know that peace that can be theirs amidst even the worst trials and tribulations. Thank you again, Father. We pray that you continue to bless our time together today. Lord, as we enjoy the fellowship and the meal together, and then in our service this evening, in Christ's name we pray, amen and amen.